This is Sports Radio 100.9, The Myth. You've waited patiently all day. All wait. They were patient. They didn't get rushed. But Great Lakes Bay region, we finally arrived at the payoff from high school. Whistling inside with a two-hand flush. To college. Just wait until March, bro. To the pros. Ben Johnson should be on trial for what happened yesterday in the second half. We cover everything a Michigan sports fan could want. This is uncharted territory. And now, here they are. It's the payoff. I did not like that you had that in there. Would you like to say that again? Hold on. Hold on. (laughs) Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'd like to start today with an apology. (laughs) Ah, you're the worst. Dear Ben Johnson, um, I deeply apologize for anything negative I said about you yesterday. Why? In the heat of the moment, I was upset. Listen, okay, here's the thing. Ben Johnson's back. And we should be happy about this. Sure. We should be celebrating this. Got caught up in the heat of the moment over the last couple of days. Said some things about Ben Johnson that maybe went a little bit too far. Like saying, he can go coach in Seattle, I won't miss him. There's an example of overreacting in the moment. Is Ben Johnson perfect? No, absolutely not. Um, And I think the fact that two seasons in a row, he's getting all these interviews to be the head coach, and he ends up back in Detroit, shows that he's not perfect. He's back for a reason. He was not ready to be a head coach, clearly. That or he's earned my respect in terms of job's not finished. We need to another chance at this thing because that means he kept he stayed up at night just like we all did thinking about that loss. So if that's the case, then shout out Ben Johnson. Um, But like I said, he's far from perfect. I kind of blame most of the third quarter nonsense on him throughout the entire season. So do I. That was... I still, I just don't have an explanation as to how any of that happened. I'm still not over that part of the season. Not yet. And that, that's not just a Sunday thing. Sunday thing was almost less on him than I may have come across as yesterday because the third quarter nonsense yesterday wasn't really as much on him as it, as it was a Jameer Gibbs fumble, a Josh Reynolds drop pass, another third down drop pass by Josh Reynolds. Like, <clears throat> There's only so much he can do in those type of situations. But throughout the course of the year, I mean, they were 20th in scoring offense on the third quarter. That kind of stuff can't happen. That needs to be cleaned up next year. When you get away from who you are, when you only run the ball nine times in the second half after running the ball down San Francisco's throat, that's the kind of stuff that Ben Johnson, I think, got a little bit too cute. He was ahead of the game. He was playing chess, not checkers. It's things I've said. It's things everyone has said. He's kind of been put on this pedestal. I don't know if it's because of his age. He's this handsome guy with a great name. Who knows? But it felt like there was a long time throughout the season, throughout the last couple of years, where no blame could possibly go on the prince, Ben Johnson. When in reality, he's far from perfect. And to be very clear, I'm thrilled he's back because he is still one of the best offensive coordinators in the NFL, especially when you consider his age. Now, we all said last year, it's a lot that he's going to be gone. If you go read through some of those commanders reporters tweets, oh, they're hilarious. Because last week is, it's a lock. He's the next head coach. He's coming to the commanders. And now all these same people are tweeting out, he botched his second interview. We didn't want him. Nonsense. 
Seattle fans, Commanders fans, they're upset that he's gone. Detroit fans, we should be happy he's back. Does a little bit of that loss, the blame for that loss on Sunday, go on Ben Johnson? Sure, but it goes on everybody. He's got things to work on before he becomes a head coach, clearly. Otherwise, he would be a head coach right now. Nonetheless, he's still got one of the most talented offensive rosters in the NFL that can be approved, that needs to be added on to this offseason. Number one priority should be to retain both guards. I don't want to rely on a guard, a rookie guard, going into next year. What made the Lions so special? Their best attribute, their best group was their offensive line, correct? Don't screw that up by inserting a rookie and assuming it's going to be the same thing. You have to get Jonah Jackson back. You have to get Graham Glasgow back. Priority number one. If you do those things, you're bringing back all your weapons. Nobody's leaving. Ben Johnson has one of the best plates in the NFL if you're an offensive coordinator. That has to be part of the reason he came back, right? That and he has unfinished business. I, I think that has to be the, pri- the number one reason, the primary reason. Before the game, and I didn't see this until today, he actually moved to Detroit, like I think bought a house. So I, I didn't know that going forward because I told you off air yesterday Wait, that not was on the before, show. That, I'm sorry to interrupt. That was before the Sunday game? Yeah. Really? He told, he told that to the media, which I can't believe that it was not reported at all. But he was just talking about he, how he and his wife moved to Detroit and Where did they they're comfortable. Live? Well, I mean, look, it's one thing. I'm going to have to go back to the audio to confirm it just because now we're talking about it. But it's one thing to move for the job. It's another thing to move and, you know, buy Locked property down. and yeah. be locked down for a bit. So uh, I, I think the main reason why, or it, it's twofold. It really is twofold in my opinion. And you're probably not going to like the second half of this. The first half is, yeah, there's unfinished business. He knows he's a young gun and he feels, and the Lions should all feel this right now, and I'm sure they do, that that was a winnable game, that this season should still continue. And it's insanely unfortunate that that's not the case. And he feels he's a great play caller and it was a great offense and a Super Bowl championship winning offense. And, and and I'd agree as well. The second half of this, he just played San Francisco. One of his options being Seattle. He's going to go to Seattle and I get they got Metcalf and Lockett's on the back end with Geno Smith and have to contend and beat them twice for a playoff spot. Yeah. no. And go into that culture and replace Pete Carroll, a legend, one of the four coaches in Three. Yeah, one of the three coaches, yeah, because Harbaugh still has to do it, uh, to win a college football national championship and a Super Bowl. That's tough. And then the other option is the dumpster fire of the NFL. And you could poke fun at Cleveland because it's been a while. Of course, you could, you know, look inward. But commanders are a mess. The commanders are not just a mess on the football field, they have new ownership because their owner previous had to be expelled from the league. They're an absolute dumpster fire, and their only quality players got traded at the deadline. They have so a professional looking, basketball player running their team at the moment. <laughs> so, so he's looking at his options, and again, I want to sell it to you, and, and I'm sure he's going to sell it to the fan base, and it doesn't matter how it's sold. You're just happy that Ben Johnson is here. But I think he looked at his last two remaining options after that NFC Championship game and was like, you know, I, I think, like you said, maybe I'm not ready to be a head coach yet, and I want a softer landing spot when I go become a head coach. I don't want Seattle or Washington. I really thought that I really think that was part of the process. Again, hopefully it's more I wanted to stay being the primary focus, but 
I, I don't want to play the 49ers twice a year. Here's what I, I don't, don't want to have to build the commanders from ground zero. Here's what people don't realize, John. A lot of the time when people take new jobs, whether it's in the sporting world or not, it's not always about the money. Sure, the money's a factor. It's enticing. But a, five, uh, a 5% salary increase might not be worth it to move your entire family if you're happy where you are. And Ben Johnson's clearly happy working under Dan Campbell. And I think, to be honest, Dan Campbell probably deserves a round of applause for retaining Ben Johnson, whether he convinced him to stay or had no a part of that decision. People clearly like coaching under Dan Campbell. The culture here has been set. Ben Johnson feels wanted. His job feels secured. Whereas if you go to the commanders, I mean, what are the odds that guy's fired in the next three seasons? This is the NFL for crying out loud. Look what happened in Carolina. You hire Frank Reich. He's gone after what? Eight games? Nine games? And was it his fault they were losing? No. They just had no talent, weren't winning games. And at that point, this is the NFL. You have to make some sort of change. You go to the commanders. Odds are that you're not keeping that job for too long because you are starting from absolutely nothing. And to think that you are going to be able to build up the way Dan Campbell has, it's unrealistic. Dan Campbell's the outlier here. To inherit a team that went had three wins and then three years later get him in the, uh, 30 minutes away from a Super Bowl, that's the outlier. So in my opinion, Dan Campbell deserves more credit for anyone for inserting this sort of culture that people want to be a part of. And I think you're going to see this in free agency. I think you're going to see this when other people, I mean, a bunch of no-name assistant coaches that the casual person doesn't know who they are, people are going to want to go coach for this guy. It's just a matter of fact. And I think he de- probably deserves more credit uh, for, for bringing back Ben Johnson, whether he was a part of that decision or not. Money's the biggest motivator, I agree. I think part of it for Johnson, no, I, too. I say money's not the biggest motivator. Oh, you say it's just wanting to play in De- or wanting to coach in Detroit, number one. I think... Because for me, I think it's a, different a, big, for every person. a big motivator is, is his youth. <laughs> like, yeah, he's If got you're time. Aaron Glenn and you're offered a head coaching job, 51... Take it. You might want to take it. Ben Johnson, who, again... Don't, you know, uh, interpret this wrong. Ben Johnson's main goal is to be a head coach in this league, in the NFL. It's 100%. Yeah. He'd rather win, and again, this is not me asking him, and I wish I could. He wants to win a Super Bowl as an OC, but he'd rather do it as a head coach. Right. But he knows he's got youth on his side. And I know it's funny to call, you know, someone who's 37 young, but it is in terms of football coaching. No doubt. It's, It's the facts. So... I think that's another motivator, too, where he feels he's in a position where I'm going to come back to a ready-made offense for me and where you're not losing pieces, where you're looking to add pieces. As that's the main focus. the offensive line. That's the main focus. Why leave? Why leave? So I, I think it's a mix of what you were saying with, obviously, building a winning culture in Detroit and also the fact that he does have time. Look at all the people on Belichick's and he's well staff. Paid. Yeah, he is. He's <laughs> he's pretty well paid too. Offensive coordinators' jobs, uh, their salaries aren't public most mm, of the time, no. but it's been reported he's one of the higher paid offensive yes. coordinators in the NFL. Think about it like this, John. And then to compare Belichick to Dan Campbell, I know sounds ridiculous, but just hang mm-hmm. with me for just a second. I'm there. How many of those coordinators leave and fail? Exactly. A- at first chance they get, they leave. Do you think that's because they have an opportunity? Or do you, do you think that's partially due to, I'm not the guy here. 
I'm not, it's all, all revolves around Bill Belichick, what he wants. Don't necessarily love it here. Doesn't make me feel welcome. This is about winning. And if you're not winning, you're fired. Whereas here in Detroit, the culture that Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes and Sheila Hamp have created, he probably feels wanted, which doesn't sound like a lot. I know in football, it really is all about the wins, which is why when you find a culture like this, an organization like this, that makes you feel wanted, whether you win, whether you lost, you're part of something, that right there, I think, is one of the biggest reasons he's still there. And I think that goes back to Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell. Dan Gamble. However you want to call him <laughs> these days. Both names work. Another thing, too, and this is a hypothetical, but I'd imagine this is how this conversation went when Campbell was having a conversation with Johnson after the fact. Probably put his arm around him and, and told him, hey, go look up when I had my first press conference in town. Mm. The public reaction to it nationwide. Laughing stock. Shout out Joy Taylor. Look. I I mean, I could tell you just based on my anecdote, uh, personal information, I was listening to New York Sports Talk Radio. They were making jokes about it. Yeah. Like, continuously for like that whole week. It was, it was the laughing stock. So, yeah, Ben, go out and get a head coaching job. But remember, I, who now am universally beloved, had a rough start. <laughs> a rough start. Rough, rough few uh, those rough few last hours. couple days too. Like, like people were like, "That's because you know there's a lot that goes into oh winning or losing that first press conference, and it does shape a coach's future." In my opinion, in certain cases, Adam Gase with the Jets and his wandering eyes lost it right away. That was the narrative with Campbell mm-hmm. until they started winning. Unfairly, yeah, and a hundred percent was. And even after that first season, yes, really the second Which season is, when you started one and six, yep. like last, not this year, last year when you Correct. started one and six. There was people questioning whether or not Dan Campbell is going to be the head coach for much longer. Sheila Hamp remained very, very adamant. This is our guy. She believed in him, just like everyone believes in Ben Johnson. And he's back for a reason. And and before we go to break, loyalty too, and not to make this comparison that's not going to make you feel great, Ben, but there's a loyalty unit that this state has around their football coaches. You could see it with Michigan and with Harbaugh. We're almost loyalty to a bad extent, and believe me, we'll have all offseason to cover that. But Ben Johnson feels appreciated in Detroit. Like you're it's the little things. It's, it's, it it's is the, the little things. things, and especially again when you have youth. Because again, I'm going to reiterate, he wants to be a head coach somewhere. I, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's a conversation of ah, I'd rather be an OC here for the next five years and never move on and just keep stacking up titles. No, you want to win it as a head coach. He's That's not, why you get he's into not it. Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, is what no, hundred percent. He's not. But there's something to the loyalty that he's been shown, compensation and just, I think, lack of, or, you know, no lack of job security. Like, if he, he feels pretty secure, I think that's a big aspect of this. And, and, I, and I'll tell you, Ben, I was surprised by the news. I told you off air yeah. yesterday. I thought he was going to Washington. I would have told you yesterday, and it shows how I'm interconnected, I would have told you 15 to 20% he was coming back. And here's the other thing. Maybe not as much X's as O's. Who knows? Maybe a little bit. How much do you think he's learning from Dan Campbell on a daily basis on how to be a head coach? Not his schemes, not his playbook. Maybe he's learning a little bit from Dan Campbell in that asset, but how to be a leader of men. Don't you think just being around that guy on a daily basis is getting him more ready to be a head coach every day? What's another year going to do? He's probably going to feel way better about going into a head coach interview next year compared to this year, just being around Dan Campbell that often being around a winning culture. Because 
Last offseason, it was, yeah, I'm a fun new offensive coordinator. I'm not under the Shanahan or McVay tree. Kind of just my own fun little guy. Who knows what this is? And he interviewed for a couple jobs, didn't get any of them, came back. The story going into this offseason was, oh, he's gone. It's one of the <laughs> hottest names on the market. Bye-bye. But I think, I don't know whether teams got impatient and started hiring other guys since the Lions went on a deep playoff run, or if this loss really has just set him in stone that he wanted to come back. I think he's learning more every learning more and getting ready to be a head coach more. I, I What I'm saying is this is going to help him long-term. Because you keep bringing up his youth, I think staying another year is going to help this man's long-term future. And again, why would you want to take that commander's job? 50-50 chance you're fired in like the next calendar year. <laughs> it's a mess. It's a mess. Well, that's what happens when you have a basketball player running an NFL organization. Shout out Magic Johnson. Man, uh, Timberwolves are doing all right with A-Rod. Come on. <laughs> I guess. I'm kidding. <laughs> I guess. He doesn't have a complete, he's a minority honor, but still. Uh, 989-837-6125. You guys can chime in about the Ben Johnson stuff. Are you happy he's back? I know there's a lot of uh, Ben Johnson buzz over the last couple of days. A little bit of blame thrown his way, but I think at the end of the day, we're happy he's back. Who blamed him, Ben? I don't know. This dumb guy that talks on... Sports talk radio from 6 to 7 every day in the Great Lakes Bay region. Who knows? Uh, still to come, Michigan, Michigan State. Yep, that's on tonight for anyone who cares about that game. I know the Michigan fans have been tuned out to this season for basically since it started. Um, and Michigan State's still trying to salvage their season. They've got an opportunity to do it tonight. Or Michigan has a chance to really set Michigan State into a spiral. We'll get to that conversation. You guys can keep texting in 989-837-6125. Let's have some fun on the payoff fueled by Forward Energy. The payoff continues. More from the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt. 989-837-6125. John, I wanted to touch on one more thing before we move on to Michigan, Michigan State regarding Ben Johnson. All these teams are trying to hire the next offensive guru, the, the guy who comes from the Shanahan McVay tree. Ben Johnson's just his own guy. He doesn't come from anybody, really. Unless you want to say he comes from the Adam Gase tree. which Legend. <laughs> I don't claim that guy. Uh, I don't think no, Ben Peyton Johnson does either. Peyton Manning told the Jets to hire Adam Gase, that he was an offensive wizard. Right. True. It ha- and right. then you saw what happened. Great success with the Jets. And, and it's such a sneaky find, uh, hiring Ben Johnson, because Dan Campbell is with Miami from 2010 to 2015, and Ben Johnson's there at the same time, correct? Yep. So they work together there. Ben Johnson... Gets hired into Detroit before. What year did he get hired into Detroit? 2019 is an offensive quality coach. So he gets to Detroit before Dan Campbell even does. Dan Campbell gets there, hires Anthony Lynn as his offensive coordinator. That's done very quickly. And all of a sudden, with a familiar face in the building, he gets promoted to offensive coordinator. And the rest is history. You find these guys, and now all of a sudden, if you don't think there's this tree of the Ben Johnson tree forming... Maybe it's still a little baby tree. Maybe it hasn't even blossomed yet. That's that's something going on within Detroit right now because every single report was if Ben Johnson leaves, the new hire's coming from within. Ben Johnson's building a little tree in Detroit right now. And I think that might be part of the reason he wants to stay too. He loves his staff. Scotty Montgomery was supposed to go with him to the commanders. Um, the offensive line coach, Hank Fraley, was supposed to go with him to the commanders. 
these guys are tight. This is a crew. And I think he, the fact that he can keep his crew together is another reason he's coming back. A captivating note that may be known, may not be tight ends coach before Campbell came in too. Mm-hmm. So if you're camp, like if you're a head coach and that's the position you played, you're looking at last year's team. All right. Who coached the position I played in the league. And you would think of all position coaches, Dan Campbell would be like, Oh, I got to bring in a tight ends coach that I know because I played the position, but he trusted Johnson enough, not only to retain him, but based on a season where he coached his position and right move. Well, I mean, he what he went went from passing game coordinator and tight ends coach right to offensive coordinator. Like, yeah, that doesn't happen the, very often after the 0-8 start. And he had only been he had only been the offensive or the the tight ends coach for a year, right? Yes, it was quality. Then it was tight end, and tight end for the first half of the twenty one season before he became the passing game coordinator. I mean, we are still talking about. He's talked about in more ways than maybe Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay were before they became head coaches, um, like when they were in Washington. And he kind of has been thrown into that category of one of these bright young head coaches who's going to be in the league for a long time. When in reality, he doesn't have that much experience. He's only been calling plays for two years. That's it. That's it. So maybe he didn't think he was ready to become a head coach. And I think... Probably going to an NFC championship, seeing how committed Dan Campbell is to the day-to-day operations of the Lions, seeing what it takes to lead a bunch of men that far with a roster that really doesn't have as much talent as some of those other playoff teams. I know they just killed the draft the last three years, but there were some massive holes on this team. And Dan Campbell, through grit, through adversity, got them to believe that they could play on the level of all these other teams. And that's exactly how they played Maybe Ben Johnson just didn't feel he was ready to go yet. And if that's the case, so be it. We got him back. We should all be happy about this. Hey, they used to never even hire head coaches before they turned 40. Guy's 37. 37 years old. He's playing with house money. He's going to be around. Just like you and me, Ben. Young Bucks. (laughs) What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Young Bucks. Aged veterans. I'm 14. (laughs) Veterans. I I never disclosed my age public, but yeah, that's I'm 14. (laughs) And that's funny because I'm 53. There you go. I think that's what our audience was thinking. Radio veterans right here. Uh, (laughs) You and Anthony, Anthony, I was about to say Anthony Lynn. Oh, geez, I'm blanking. DC, Lions. Aaron Glenn? Aaron Glenn. You and Aaron Glenn went to uh, to high school together. You want to hear something funny? I'm I'm talking to some people today just around work, and maybe they're not as plugged in. Like, I always make the mistake that everyone's as plugged in to the Lions and Detroit sports as I am. Then everyone's a sicko like you. Yeah. yeah. I I make that mistake a lot, and then I realize I'm the crazy one. And, Correct. And there's just still a lot of people out there that think but Aaron Glenn's an idiot. And I, I tried telling you, I was like, no, Aaron Glenn's kind of that guy. He was like, what are you talking about? Have you ever seen this defense play? And I was just like, okay, I'm just, yeah, man. Like, yeah, you're. I just kind of gave up. I folded on the argument because I was like, it's just not worth getting into right now. Go listen to my show. That's what you told them. No, that's not. I, I you're like, listen, you can't comprehend this. Go listen to the payoff podcast at everywhere weekdays, six to seven. It's, and you'll, you'll learn. It's, you'll learn. it's not like this guy's getting head. Like what I wanted to tell that guy was, do you think the worst defensive coordinator in the NFL, this guy who should be fired would be getting head coaching interviews like on a daily basis? No. It's I don't know I don't know where I'm going with that. To, to be just, fair, Ben, I had I had a I was the first one to bring you to the dark side with him. I was telling like, you in the Chicago game where you went and you were disgusted. I was like, dude, some of those blitzes, man, like that was that was good stuff. And you're like, I don't want to hear it. 
Well, yeah, I was True pretty, story. pretty upset after. I kind of went at Ben Johnson after the Chicago game. That was his worst game of the year. That was our worst game of the year. Mm. Uh, and when, you were there in the building. When, yeah, when they no-showed in the Windy City. <laughs> God, that was ugly. That was Come on, Ben. They went to brutal. the NFC Championship. And Chicago doesn't even know what they're doing at quarterback yet. <laughs> what do you, what do you, real quick, and then we got to talk about Michigan, Michigan State. What should Chicago do? I, and I've gone on the record this year, and everyone thinks it's just, oh, to be anti Detroit, that I'm high on Jordan Love. I think putting pieces around Fields, you could have success. I think if Fields were to go to Atlanta right now, they would be competing for that division. I think he's a very talented quarterback thrown under a bad offensive line, so he got hurt. And the first year he actually had some pieces this season, he took a step in the right direction. He's just got to, like most mobile quarterbacks in the league, stay healthy. But I think all the intangibles are there. Now, he's no Shroud, which is just, you know, to me, surprising. That, next level, man. Like that, you know, Shroud's just in one terms, of the seven best QBs in the NFL, probably yeah, higher. In terms of, you know, that Ohio State quarterback uh, pipeline. But... I think Fields could play in this league. I I, I think I, I don't want to make the comparison because they're different players, but I think if he's given a Baker Mayfield second chance, Fields could have a lot of success. But if Caleb Williams is the yeah. best prospect since Andrew Luck, you cannot pass that up. Yeah. You just can't. Any other year, it's you're no doubt Justin Fields is our guy. This is the one year where it's yeah. like we can't be the if we're the Chicago Bears, mm-hmm. the team that and we end up being the team that passed up on Caleb Williams. Just like you're the team that passed up on Patrick Mahomes, who that's who Caleb Williams is being compared to. Sure. You can't be that team, which I don't know. I I don't think there's a right answer here. Whatever Chicago does, the other thing will be the right answer. That's where I'm at because okay. they are just incompetent at making those type decisions. Couldn't be us. Couldn't be us. All right. It's time. It's rivalry day. Michigan, Michigan State. That's next on the payoff fueled by Forward Energy. Hit. Back to the payoff on the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Yeah, everybody looks good at home. Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt. Kendall Vildor should never be allowed on an NFL field again. Oh, we're not talking Lions anymore? Oh, my. Back to back days, you my didn't fault. realize you know, we were back. I, Unbelievable. I, I thought we were talking about the Lions secondary again. That's That one's on me. Uh, we need to get into Michigan, Michigan State. They tip off tonight at 9 30. Do you think it's an under? Nine. nine, excuse me. Do you think it's an understatement to say Michigan State loses this game? 11 point favorites. They lose this game. There's questions about whether or not Tom Izzo's the head coach there next year. I wouldn't go that drastic, but you know, if you listened prior to us, the huge show that had a had a writer from Lansing on talking about how they're not a bubble team right now. They're the eight seed with ESPN and the eleven seed with Fox Sports. But this would be a quad three loss. You gotta win this game. There's not a lot of it's at home. You're winnable games left. I, I no I, Doug McDaniel's. The whole the whole thing that people are so tied up on is that Ken Palm has Michigan State projected to win their next eight, and their net rate uh, net rating is twenty five. Right. So don't they have Purdue in their next eight? They do. They do. But the Ken Palm is like, oh yeah, they're gonna put it together on the road. I don't know what what they're watching, but I'm watching a Michigan State team that's underperformed. And can't rebound. So it's a quad three Michigan and then a quad three uh, game coming up against Maryland this Saturday. Maryland on the road, they only beat by two. So Michigan might be a layup tonight. That's fine. Their remaining quad three game, I'm not so sure. And then they have to play Illinois February 10th. That's a home game. Penn State is on the road and is still quad two. And then Michigan again. And you've still only won one road game. 
That's like that's the main thing. That that's that's the main thing for me. And then you play Purdue later in the in the season as well. They got swept by Wisconsin, which if you told Michigan State fans that at the beginning of the season that a transfer AJ Store would come over from St. John's and be the best player on a top now 10 Wisconsin team, people would have thought you were crazy, but that that was the case. And they just don't rebound well. They've been out and they Mich- play two centers, which is the craziest. Michigan thing. State's been out rebounded by six of the nine Big Ten opponents they've had this year, and they play two centers. Like that can't like, happen. What's the excuse for that? That can't happen for a team. It can happen for a bubble team. It can happen for a team that's scrappy. This was a team projected to be top five in the AP poll in the All preseason. Year, yeah, and I get, yeah, the AP poll at the beginning of the year looks a whole lot different entering March. I, I get that, but this year more than ever. Um. Well. I mean, Purdue stayed consistent. UConn stayed n- near the top. But Michigan State should be ranked at this point of the season. It, 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 they're under expectations tremendously, the fact that they're not. The fact that they have, like you said, only one road Big Ten victory. It, it's not it's No, not they been have pretty. one road victory. I don't think they've won. I think they only have one win on the road, period. Really? Yeah. That's the, the, here's the misconception about Michigan State. Um, yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, one... Oh, because I'm thinking the new, they're neutral sites, you're right. Right. You're right. And on the flip side of things, you have this Michigan team who's trying to avoid going under 500 for the first time in 14 years. Seems to be that's the case going forward this season. Mm. Most people in the Michigan circle want you on Howard gone at this point. Ward Emanuel said it's not happening in the middle of the year. Something tragic would have to happen. In my opinion, tragic things have already happened. <laughs> you like that one? I do. Uh, the strength and conditioning coach quit because he got in an altercation with Juwan Howard. Doug McDaniel's not allowed to play away games. Because he's got study. He, right. Because he's on academic misbehavior. Watch whatever you want to call it. His grades aren't good enough. In aside, by the way, that's the ideal setup in high school, by the way. Don't what? have to play on the road, but get to play in front of the home <laughs> crowd, the students, the cheerleaders. That's yeah, If I were a top of the line athlete, blue. I would have loved that. You, you tell you tell kids who aren't going to play at the next level senior year, yeah, just worry about the home games. That's a pretty sweet deal. So you had a strength and conditioning coach quit. You have your best player not eligible to play away games because his grades are so bad. Which is What hilarious. is the culture here? What's the identity of this team? What do they pride themselves on? Anybody have an answer? They play close. because <laughs> That's what Tom they, Izzo said. And they lose close games on a consistent Basis. They play close. Every close game last year resulted in one of two things. A turnover trying to pass it into Hunter Dickinson because you telepath the past. Or Jet <laughs> Howard, talk about nepotism, Aww. taking a step back three and missing it to close the game. Juwan Howard has no idea how to coach the X's and O's. He has no idea how to coach and lead young men. What is the culture of this team? What have they done well in the past four years? He lived off of John Beeline's recruits for a number of years. Now that all his guys are there, he's accomplished nothing. There's no recruits. There's no great transfers. You want to call Doug McDaniel one? Sure. He only plays in half the game. So, I, I, which is classic. How, how does that? How does that rule? Like, was there a prior example of that being like? On a student, okay. I don't know. Like, because th- if they invented that, that is the most moronic thing. Oh, you're going to play at home, but to discipline you, you know, you got to stay back on the road trips and you got to, you know, hit the books. Yeah, there's suspend them or you don't. Yeah, there's say if it's going to get through. Yeah, there's say you're missing the next six games. I don't care if they're played on campus, on the road, or in Mars. 
you can't only suspend them for the road games. It makes absolutely no sense because, too, it even hurts yourself because if you're just looking through the selfish lens of, well, it's about team chemistry, you can't develop chemistry when you have a guy running running the ball, being the point guard the at the controls at the offense. He's only there for, half the time. Who's only there half the, You just can't have it. Doesn't make sense. It, it may, There's just no... You're not going to develop any chemistry with that. So it makes absolutely no sense. So you have one coach who's a legend. A lot of people... Listen, Michigan State media is never going to say a bad thing about this guy. I'm not Michigan State media. Yeah, the, the last you're four, Michigan media. No, no. I'm not. <laughs> Do not say that. The last four years for Tom Izzo have not been all that great. And I think a lot of people try to sweep that under the rug and say, well, did you see it's 2019 when we beat Zion and, and Duke in the, in the March Madness tournament? Yes, we all saw it. It's also five years ago now. Get over it. <laughs> in the last four years, Tom Izzo is 71 and 47 straight up. A .60 win percentage. In the conference, he's 35 and 33. In the postseason, he's 5 and 6. Juwan Howard, the last four years, is 67 and 49. 0.57 win percentage, just a tick under Tom Izzo. Conference record, 38 and 28. Three wins better than Tom Izzo. This is Juwan Howard we're talking about, who most people think should be fired. Postseason record, six and five. He's had more success in the conference and in the postseason in the last four years than Tom Izzo had. I don't think either of these people should have a job going into next year with their respective program. Wow. I think it's it's just time for Izzo to hang it up, man. Go enjoy retirement. You're see, today's his birthday. He's 69, 69 years old. Today. Go enjoy the rest of your life, man. Just go relax. There's clearly been a, a, a step off. Nick Saban had a quote not too long ago that was, I can still do my job, but I'm just not on top of everything the way I used to be because of my age. I think Tom Izzo's at that point. His team can't shoot. They can't make free throws. They can't rebound. What do they and, and this was supposed to be the best Tom Izzo team we've had in a decade. And they have failed miserably to live up to that potential. A lot of people would say their season's been more disappointing than Michigan's because of the expectation placed upon this program. They've been bad. The last four years, both of these programs, this, these were two teams when I was growing up that owned the Big Ten. One of these two schools won the Big Ten mostly every year. The last four years has been a whole lot of uninspiring basketball. Bad. Both of their jobs. He, he land, Juwan Howard landed simply his best. shouldn't have a, like, he will be removed next season, well, right? Well, I, I would think. I just basically, uh, you, you pray. The, the Fab Five only goes so long just with not even wins and losses, not even X's and O's, just like bad, me- well, as I say it, as I say it, bad media towards the school. As I say, it comes out of my mouth. I know I'm wrong because you look at the football program and you can get by that if you win. It is about the X's and O's and the wins and losses, and they're not there. They're not there to get through all this BS. You got former players calling out the program on social media. If you could win through a guy who has to stay home when you hit the road to study up and fighting your personal trainer or strength and conditioning coach, it's okay. But because the X's and O's, uh, because the wins and losses are not there, that's why we're talking about it. Because I, as, as in the middle of that statement, I realized, no, what am I saying? I just saw the example of a team that went through a two NCAA investigations and as bad media as you could have a, put upon a program and they won a national championship. So 
the the wins and losses aren't there. And and the worst thing and the worst criticism from you, or at least in this segment, yeah, you just don't think he's a good basketball coach, which is the worst thing of it because if he just couldn't control young men. In terms can't of, control himself. How like, do you expect or, him to control young or men? Or again, control himself in altercations. If at least if he's dialing up plays, okay, he's not even doing that. No, well. the offense is like so actually hurts my brain to watch. <laughs> like it, 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 man, you're really selling this game tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, one those- team can't rebound. The other team hurts my brain. <laughs> It's like, wow. The offense is like watching a bunch of nine-year-olds that have never played together and just pass the ball around. Well, they have a different point guard every night. I don't blame them. It's a bunch of one-on-one. Last year, oh, my God. The amount of turnovers this team had just staring at Hunter Dickinson, asking them to bail him out of a possession. (laughs) It just hurts your brain, man. And that's why a lot of people are so frustrated. But you're big on the Wolverines tonight. I didn't say that. (laughs) (laughs) I I did not say that. I do have a lock of the day, though. It's coming up later on the payoff fueled by Forward Energy. More of the Great Lakes Bay region's only local sports show. Back to the payoff. You're listening to the payoff fueled by Forward Energy. 100.9 the minute. You guys can give us a follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're everywhere. Wherever you get your podcast, you guys can listen back to the show. Or you guys can text in live right now in real time. 989-837-6125. 989-837-6125. That's the number to the Frick Sports Bar text line. One more time. That's 989-837-6125. John Michigan, Michigan State. Tip off at 9 o'clock. Pre-game coverage on our air starts at 8. So you guys can have the full pregame. Dive right into the game. Epic matchup. I wish this was a top 25 matchup. It used to be. I saw a clip come up in my social media feed today that was... Um, a game from maybe 2017, I think it was. No, I had to have been more recent than that. It was like 12 Michigan, 10 Michigan State. They used to just have these battles. What does it come to? What does it come to? Worst combined record in 40 years. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's just so heartbreaking, man. Both programs not not carrying their, their weight in terms of representing the Big Ten. Um, but one thing we can do while watching this game is make some money. Lock of the day. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. All right. No Doug McDaniel because uh, he's got to study. He's, he's got a big got a exam study. tomorrow. Yeah, he's got a big exam tomorrow. He's got to get the grades back up to be able to play basketball for Coach Juwan Howard. What, what away he, from Ann Arbor? Away from Ann Arbor. What are the odds he just is so checked out? And, because Juwan is such a bad leader of men, you know? He just, like, doesn't even care. He's like, this is awesome. Like, I don't have to travel. Let's go. And he can just stay, go to the bars in Ann Arbor. Or do you think he, he truly is studying up tonight? Well, th- that's the best question, because I would love to ask Juwan, or even a Michigan fan, would you want him watching these games? So when he plays them at home the next time, he has the game film and doesn't have to rewatch it? Like, do you want him watching it live, or do you want him studying? No, this is so stupid, dude. Just put a like, curfew on him or something. I don't know. This is not the answer. Well, I mean, the, the the we're we're bashing how the administration's taking it. The person who should be doing better is Doug McDaniel. Just you know, f- at least what get a two GPA. Is that what is that what the I academic think, eligibility is? I would think. I mean, no one else on this team is. Or you is, know, Juwan Howard could instill it in these people to you know have good grades to be able to play. But then again. Why would you expect Jamon Howard to do anything? Wow. All right. What were we doing? A lock of the day or so? Oh, oh five, that's right. Man. Do All I right. have the sounder again? Yeah, yeah. Do it again. Do it again. 
Lock of the day. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. All right. We got off a tangent because I said no Doug McDaniel tonight, which means someone's going to have to step up offensively for Michigan. I don't want to pick the spread in this game. Michigan State doesn't have my trust. Michigan, I don't trust him as far as I could. I don't know. What's the heaviest thing in this room? As far as I could throw... That refrigerator. refrigerator, yep. As far as I could throw that refrigerator, don't trust Michigan whatsoever. So I'm going to be taking Olivier Kamwa's points. Olivier, yep. Oh, shoot. Olivier Kamwa's points. The last name's harder. Yeah. Uh, I'll take his points on this one. It's 14 and a half. You guys can get that at basically even odds. Someone's got to step up for Doug McDaniels. Uh, he's going to have the ball in his hand. Not a ton of ball movement on this team. I think he's going to be chucking. He, he needs to be big on the glass, too. You know, one of the more talented forwards uh, and bright spots of this Michigan team. If Michigan State struggles at rebounding, you need Kamwa to, you know, get get up there and grab some. Averages seven and a half boards this year. Maybe getting a double digits. Not that that's my bet by any means, but that would be nice at least to keep the game close. By the, um, by the way, yes, Michigan, there's definitely a scenario in this game where like every Michigan player essentially just hits their under because the is zone is just too much to handle. <laughs> and by the way, if you're a Michigan State fan, would rather put money on them. Michigan has like the, the worst scoring defense in the Big Ten. They allow 79 points per game. So if you want to just straight take Michigan State's over, team po- total, uh, take that. I'll, I'll find out what that is when you tell the people what your lock is. Sure. So I'm not in the Big Ten tonight. I'm in the Big East. Marquette versus Villanova. Hey, at least Marquette, Wisconsin school, right? Midwest school. They're at Villanova. Nova right now, if you look at Fox Sports or the worldwide leader in their bracketology, they say Villanova right now is the first four out. It's been four losses in a row. It's been a struggle for them. They're at home tonight. They're minus two or minus one and a half, depending where you look and where you bet. I'm taking Marquette, who's nine in the country. I'm taking them money line. I don't understand. I know Villanova is a tough place to play, but this is not Jay Wright's Villanova anymore. He's a CBS analyst, Mm. and the one calling card for Villanova basketball over the last decade has been their ability to shoot from the outside. They don't do that anymore. There's no Archidiakonos or Gillespies anywhere on this team, and Archidiakono has a younger brother, but he gets no time. This is a team that's Eric Dixon, who's one of the best forwards, a five-year player, and that's it. They're going up against a Marquette team that shoots the ball well. I'm taking Marquette money line plus 110, plus 120, depending where you look. That's uh, my lock. Are you adding Morris to your Ben, or can well, I play this out well, one no, more time? I was just looking at what Michigan State's uh, team total is. For even odds, you can get it at 78.5. Now, they don't average 78 points. No. They, they don't score the ball all that often. They don't shoot the ball well, but I have a feeling Izone's going to be popping tonight. They should be able to get to the rim because Michigan, it, they can't guard anybody. They don't play defense. They choose not to, which is goes back to the effort portion of what does Juwan install in these guys? He's not an excess in those guys, doesn't have him playing hard, doesn't have them doing anything well off the court. He's a bad influence on them. He's not a good, he doesn't lead by example, punches anyone he <laughs> comes across. Uh, I'm gonna take he's Michigan, a fighter. I'm going to take Michigan State 78 and a half. Over, I'm changing my lock of the day. Oh, my goodness. That's, a mid-segment yeah, change. I'm, I'm changing my lock of the day. Um, and then if Michigan State doesn't hit their team total, uh, then I have more reason to be mad at them, even if they win by, like, 20. Lock of the day. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up.
Wow, is that a first in the show history? Changing it, it on the fly like that? It is. That, we're making history, Oof. breaking ground every single day of this show. Um, I think this is the first. No, I was going to say this is the first Michigan Michigan State game we've covered. Maybe the first competitive Michigan State game <laughs> we, we've covered. Woo! I remember preview. It was. It's funny because I remember doing the football game way back in November, and we had all this hype going into it and. You know, we didn't all want to pick Michigan, so I think you took their spread and blowout. Just a blowout. It's 11 and a half tonight. I want, I, I'll, I'll check where the public money is. I, I, I should have it in front of me, but Michigan State has won seven of the past 11. Michigan leads the all-time series by a handsome margin. Want, want to hear my favorite stat going into tonight? Yeah, let's hear it. <laughs> Michigan has lost its last eight night games. What? They don't, they, they don't win during the night. They, they win during the day and on weekends, I guess. And and obviously that's opponent base, but they haven't won a night game since like November. Like, what, what are we doing? If Michigan wins Basketball's today. Basketball's played at night. If Michigan wins today, Michigan State fans should be panicking. Yeah, well, it'll be a quad three loss. It'd be their worst loss of the year. They, the James Madison loss now, by the way, is a quad two because they've played better. And They're not quad one. No. And luckily for Michigan State, they have two quad one wins, two and seven overall. One of them. Yes, that big uh, neutral site game <laughs> against uh, Baylor. But the other one was Indiana State, who you wouldn't really designate as a team that you're going to schedule for quad one, but they've been so good this year in the Missouri Valley that they're a quad one, luckily, for Michigan State, and that's what has their net rating high. Hey, John, I've got a question. Uh, why is this game on Peacock only? Because that's there's, the Big Ten deal, dude. There's a good amount of our audience that, if I had to guess, does not have access to watch this game. You told them with the baseball stuff to go figure it out, man. Which remains true. <laughs> I mean, it, I, I, I'm here, for the people. Here, I, it's listen, ridiculous. If you, if I'm being realistic with it, this isn't going anywhere. So if you don't have access to Peacock and tonight's making you upset, you may as well get Peacock tonight because it's not going anywhere. It's not like this is going to go. It's this is going away. It's not. It's here to stay. It's annoying. I understand. I sympathize or empathize. Listen on the radio. Yeah. You know what? I'm changing my take to that. Yeah, I changed my <laughs> lock of the day. I'm changing my... <laughs> you guys can just listen to it right here on 100.9 well, The Mint. And not even, okay, being a company shill. The one way this stops is by not watching it. Like... But that's not going to happen. You say, oh, they, they got us, you know, bent over a barrel here. Not if you just refuse to, but we're so beholden to sports and the NFL feels, no, yeah, we're going to put a playoff game on Peacock because we know people are going to jump through our hoops. And it's the same thing. And when it first came out, it wasn't sold like jumping through hoops because, well, you cut the cord, use the streaming options. It's cheaper than cable. Not anymore. Not if you want to watch everything. If you want to watch, you know, CBS, you have to get Paramount Plus. That was one thing I had to figure out this weekend. Like, <laughs> did you actually get Paramount Plus, or no, did you find God. a way to? Just I found stream someone it? with it. But do you want to? Do you want to wink, wink, tell the people where else they can watch this game? No, they don't <laughs> give us money. I'm not gonna tell them. I'm not gonna tell them you and I's favorite site. <laughs> oh, I didn't know we had the fame, the, the, the same favorite site. Well, I have to discuss it after this. Yeah, we might have to. Um, Does it start what? with stream? And end with a direction? Mm, sometimes. Sometimes oh, sometime. when the other oh, one's not working. Oh, the, oh, so okay, so it's your secondary one, not your primary one. Um, what's the game that leads into the Michigan-Michigan State game? Illinois-Ohio State. 
Illinois, Ohio State. Which okay. are, again, it's not the same rivalry, but Illinois, top 15 team. Ohio State is a winning record, and the spread's pretty close with the game in Columbus. Do you know off the top of your head what the spread is? Two and a half. Two and a half in favor of Illinois? Yeah, on the road. Okay. I'll confirm that right now, but when I looked at it earlier I mean, today. I mean, you told me before the show, the Big Ten's got six teams in uh, scheduled they're not scheduled, but um, projected to make the March Madness tournament right yeah, now. With Fox and ESPN, they both have it right now at six teams. Kind of a down year, but still second most in all of college basketball for the not just the Power Five conferences. Uh, tied, but for all, tied for third. Tied for So it's Big 12's got nine, SEC's got eight, and then the Big East and the Big Ten have six. All right. Um, and it's Michi- Ohio State uh, plus three tonight. Michigan minus three. sitting at the very bottom. Correct. The very bottom of the Big Ten standings at, with a two and seven record. Michigan State smacked right in the middle with a four and five record in the conference. Wisconsin, Purdue, they sit at the top. Uh, Illinois, Ohio State, that's the game that leads up into the Michigan Michigan State game. Illinois, six and three, they're third. Ohio State, fourth from the bottom with a three and six record. Things are just going to start to separate over the next month. This is the, the time to shine. Uh, 989-837-6125. Jeremy from Beaverton. Loyal. Just a loyal listener. Chimes in. Michigan by four tonight. <laughs> Legend. <laughs> Absolute homer pick, and I love it. <laughs> I He's mean, not saying the team plus 11's just going to win. By four. Yeah, by yeah, more by, than one by, possession. <laughs> uh, they, they're going to be able to run out the clock. Jeremy from Beaverton. I, I, I would not be happy doing this show. You know, he brings a smile to my face. He really does. He really does. All right. There you have it. Um, great addition of the payoff. John's got high school basketball tomorrow. Yes. That's going to start coverage though at 720. So a full hour for you tomorrow, starting oh, at six, go. ending at seven. Let's go. So kind. Uh, all right. There you have it. We'll have some more lion stuff for you tomorrow. Still trying to get over what happened on Sunday. We're going to get through it together. Don't worry. And we'll recap this game that's happening at 9 o'clock on our airwaves, 100.9 to MIT. We'll have plenty to talk about tomorrow. That was the payoff. I hope it was worth it.